So how long are we going to be giving support and finances to Ukraine to help drive out Russia? It's been now over a year. And while I think most people are in general agreement that we need to help Ukraine, we need to help drive out Russia. What is the timetable? That's a, that's a legitimate question. But President Biden gave us some idea here just recently in an interview He's talking about stuff they might need two or three years down the road. So, folks, are we going to see a quick end to this war? I guess if you're President Biden, not so much. Not so much. Stay with us, folks. All right. Welcome, everyone around the globe and across the net. Kyle Warren with you. And uh, it is the Monday edition of the uh, program, Kyle Warren Show. Glad to be with you. As I said, it is Monday, February the 27th, 2023. And boy, do we have an awful lot to tell you about on the program today. Chock full. Don't even know where to start. We are going to talk about Ukraine. We've got some good uh, audio clips of President Biden. We're going to continue to talk about East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, we're also going to tell you about uh, the COVID-19 investigations. And, um, you know, now so many years on here, we're definitely continuing to see the idea of where this virus originated and really perhaps why it originated, having to do with that gain-of-function research and so on and so forth. So we're going to get to that today. Uh, we've also got much more to tell you about uh, as we continue. What's going to go on in Ukraine, as I mentioned, but even more specifically, why is Vladimir Putin continuing to try to rattle his nuclear saber, as it were? And where does China fit into all this? All that and much more here on the program today. Uh, okay, oh, we've got some economy news as well. We're going to talk about some economy news and having to do with home prices. So stay tuned. Glad that you're here today. Don't forget, you can go to KyleWarrenShow.com. That's KyleWarrenShow.com. Subscribe to the podcast. That way, every time there's a new show, it's going to uh, it's going to tell you uh, when and where and how to, uh, how to retrieve it. But we're glad that you're with us today. And of course, we're going to be on the Captain's America Third Watch radio program later on this evening. And it may, well, of course, that's the morning time for some folks in the Eastern uh, Eastern Eastern time zone. Uh, but for me here in California, it's 11 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And of course, we'll be on with the captain. We're going to be talking about, I'm sure, uh, the uh, the Wuhan lab uh, story, of course, that's coming out uh, more about the origins of COVID-19. I'm sure we'll be talking about that and all the other breaking news. And that's one of the great things about the Captain's America Third Watch radio program. And that is that we talk about all the news that's breaking across America, even overnight night because things happen around the world during that time and many times and this is really a, a good point of pride for the program the captain and i are able to bring that news to you as it happens as we see it come in on our various news feeds so uh, we definitely want you to join us and of course you're uh, welcome to call in and opine on the captain's america as well with host captain matt bruce broadcasting from his flagship station of am860 the answer there in tampa florida all 
that occurs, as I said, 2 a.m. Eastern Time, 11 p.m. Pacific Time. Go to kylewarrenshow.com. That's kylewarrenshow.com uh, for links to listen live to the program. Uh, you can also listen to the GCN Network stream. We have a link for that there as well. And you can also visit the thecaptainsamericathirdwatch.com. That's the thecaptainsamericathirdwatch.com. Okay, so let's talk briefly here uh, about the latest that we know about right now uh, with the mystery of the COVID-19 origins. Uh, this uh, this from uh, Yahoo News. Uh, mystery of COVID-19 origins deepens with new report. Now it goes, starts out with this. Since the first cases of a mysterious new respiratory illness were recorded in China in late 2019, scientists have come to know the pathogen named SARS-CoV-2, along with its Greek letter variants, with an uncommon intimacy. That's the, to say the least. Uh, with astonishing speed, they decoded its genetic architecture and using that knowledge created treatments and vaccines that have reduced the pandemic to a background concern in many parts of the world. Yet, more than three years after the advent of the coronavirus, virus the most fundamental question question remains just where did it come from well let's stop here just a moment it seems to me that uh, the initial the initial evaluations uh, hold true that it originated in that area of China in Wuhan, and uh, as John Stewart, uh, you know the uh, uh, the television host and uh, comic and uh, a very funny very funny guy, John Stewart, and a very serious guy by the way, he takes on some pretty serious uh, some pretty serious things as well. But using humor, he was able to point out even early on that you had the Wuhan Virology Institute and you have this virus that starts to spread right in that area, you know, it doesn't take, uh, you know, you put two and two together here. And, uh, and at that time, of course, it was always initially referred to as the Wuhan virus. Uh, to one degree or another. But that became politically incorrect. In fact, the captain and I were talking about this uh, earlier uh, this morning on the Captain's America um, in the, insofar as that it became politically incorrect to do that. Um, we have viruses that occur in other parts of the world or originated there, and they are named generally speaking, for that geographical area, or perhaps the, the, the province or what, whatever it might be. And uh, nobody up to this point has thought that this is an insult to the people uh, where, say, for example, Ebola uh, came, came from or this kind of stuff or where that began to have a huge outbreak. And that's never been a political problem up until the time when, when COVID-19 began. And so I think that's that's a huge problem in the in the idea that uh, that we have to sort of water everything down. And when we do that, especially with a deadly virus, um, it, it will and can cost lives, I think, because scientists and, you know, we always hear follow the science. we got to follow the science and we have to sort of, uh, uh, you know, do everything that I guess the the uh, the government uh, scientists tell us to do. Um, that's their expectation anyway. Uh, but uh, but the idea is that if we're going to follow the science, we need to be able to actually follow it without political concerns. 
um, and and trying not to offend somebody, this kind of thing. I never found it offensive, or I wouldn't think that it would be offensive to use a geographical or uh, or a, a lo- locative sort of naming con- uh, convention for things like this, only because it, it uh, helps us differentiate. Uh, but again, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this, because the idea of where this lab was and all that stuff, that is building, folks. That is building. Stay right there. Lots more to talk about. You're listening to Kyle Warren. If you're a veteran looking to file for your service-connected benefits through the Department of Veterans Affairs, don't go it alone. AMVET's highly trained service officers stand ready to walk you through the process at VA regional offices around the country, helping you to navigate the complex VA system free of charge. With new presumptions for Agent Orange exposure and other conditions, AMVETS can offer you the advice you need to finally receive all of your earned benefits. In 2009 alone, AMVETS helped process more than 65,000 claims and appeals, securing more than $410 million in benefits. To find your nearest AMVET service officer or to learn more, visit at amvets.org. Hey, I'm going out to buy those shelves for the closet. Oh, will you pick up 800 lumen bulbs? Honey, I love you, but 800 more flowers? You'll give the neighbors a real reason to think we're wacky. (laughs) Not flower bulbs, light bulbs. Come on, Dad. Lumens tell you how bright a bulb is. Our 60-watt bulbs give off about 800 lumens. We can replace them with new 800 lumen bulbs. Bulbs just as bright that use much less energy. So, we'll save money. Yes, and we can use that money to increase my allowance. Right. (laughs) Wise guy. Worth a try. So, you got that? Got it. No tulips, no watts, 800 lumens, and more savings. He got it. Lumens, the new way to shop for light. Learn more at energysavers.gov. That's energysavers.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Energy. After a long, hard day in the rough-and-tumble world of politics, open a tall, cool Kyle Warren show. Ah, that crisp, refreshing taste. That smooth style. That effervescing attitude. And without all that other stuff that can, well, bog you down. Helping to put back what the daily media assault takes away, listen to The Kyle Warren Show weekdays right here on this station and visit the website at kylewarrenshow.com. Edwards Notebook. Class is in session with the professor of politics, Kyle Warren. Yes, it is. And thank you very much, Mr. Ron Edwards, for that great liner and introduction. We're going to hear a brand new Edwards Notebook here in just a little bit on the program. And of course, don't forget, folks, you can go to kylewarrenshow.com. That's kylewarrenshow.com. There you can find out more about the program. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can send me a direct message. Find me on social media, all that and much more right there at kylewarrenshow.com. And of course, we keep going up and up and up. 
just like the music is doing right there. And that is uh, for one reason and one reason only, you, the listener. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for your messages. Uh, thank you for sharing the program on social media, telling your friends about the program and uh, all that uh, good stuff. We really appreciate it. Couldn't be here without you. And I do apologize for my absence of late um, only because of scheduling problems, uh, some different uh, uh, unavoidable issues uh, happening. But that is all getting worked out. And, uh, of course, I'm glad that uh, so many people are finding this program from my uh, nightly appearances on the Captain's America Third Watch. And as I was uh, I was uh, remarking during the intro of the show today, um, the captain and I, Captain Matt Bruce, were able to bring you the breaking news. We're able to bring you um, just a, a, a lot of stuff uh, each uh, each morning on the program. And uh, it's always different. It's, it's always exciting. Uh, and uh, uh, it's, it's always informative. And so uh, we do spend a lot of time preparing for that. He does. Of course he does. He's the captain. Uh, and he's, he knows literally everything <laughs> that's happening. And uh, so we definitely spend uh, time doing that. And uh, it's great fun also to get uh, your phone calls and also to get your direct messages and uh, also to bring you the Trucker Highway and Byway Report, for example. That's very, very important, especially in days like these when we have a lot of weather. We have a lot of our trucker friends out there that check in with the program. Uh, we have uh, a, a lot of things happening uh, that we can bring to you about uh, roads and weather and what to expect and and all all those kinds of weather-related problems. And uh, so it's always a great pleasure to do that. And by the way, uh, Captain Matt Bruce wanted me to tell everybody listening to this program on The Kyle Warren Show, Captain Matt Bruce wanted me to tell you about the good people at My Pillow. That's My Pillow, of course, Mike Lindell. Uh, they've got the brand new 2.0 My Pillow. The 2.0 My Pillow, and uh, also they have the great other My Pillow products. Uh, for example, the slippers. Uh, listeners to the Captain's America know that uh, I, I wear my slippers now. I got I got the brand new uh, My Pillow slippers, and uh, got them for Christmas. And uh, they are keeping my feet warm because here in Southern California, last night I kid you not, it was 45 degrees outside. It's getting pretty chilly, that's for sure. And of course, now we've got another two days of rain basically ahead of us so it's cold it's wet it's uh it's uh, it's it's yucky and but the slippers keep my feet warm so i can vouch for the my pillow slippers also everybody in my family sleeps on a my pillow we also have the giza sheets and mrs professor loves her my pillow slippers as well so go to mypillow.com that's mypillow.com scroll down do you find the uh, the radio listeners specials page that's the radio listeners specials page click there and you'll see all all the great products, and you'll get the deep discounts simply by using the promo code CAPTAIN. That's the promo code CAPTAIN. And uh, when you use the promo code CAPTAIN, you'll be helping out this program plus the CAPTAIN's program as well, and you're going to get those great uh, those great discounts. So, And if you don't want to go on the Internet or you don't want to put your credit card in on a website, uh, that's understandable. You can call the good people at MyPillow, and you can call them at 1-800-641-5459. That's one 800 641-5459. Again, use the promo code CAPTAIN, and uh, you'll be off and running from there. Um, all right, so let's let's continue. I just want to finish up briefly here with this with the uh, the latest on the Wuhan virus uh, from this um, 
uh, Yahoo News article. Um, and of course, talked to, now early on, by the way, remember Dr. Fauci? Dr. Fauci would say, well, this was um, an evolutionary thing that they tried to run and, and fast forward basically is the ultimate uh, explanation, I think, that they're trying to give or tried to give. And that is um, that uh, this is what the gain of function is all about, basically. Um, but of course, does it just did it just jump from animals to humans? It's a, coming from a natural reservoir of virus in animals, and then it just kind of did this, and and all of a sudden somebody made a bat soup, and a, you know this was sounded ridiculous at, even at that time, right? It can't be. I just don't buy it that for 5,000 years, this virus has been sitting somewhere in a, in a bat or something, and somebody finally makes bat soup, and whammo, they we're off and running with COVID-19. I don't think it's like that, uh, because number one, and I don't want to digress here too much, but number one, if, if in fact there are these viruses, that's the bat virus, basically, uh, and uh, is it going to happen again? Uh, almost nobody's addressed this. Here, here we have a virus that breaks the world. It, it literally breaks the world. And it sends everything into a tailspin. It creates untold uh, problems. The not, and of course, most first and foremost, you had a lot of people that have died, that millions have died from this, right? And second of all, it's destroyed the lives because of the shutdowns and because of the of the uh, of the distancing and especially for young people um, and, and so forth. Any parent out there who's who had somebody, for example, in high school at the time knows exactly the kind of challenges that that created uh, for young people uh, and uh, and and on down the line, whether or not you had a third grader or you had a ninth grader, uh, it's it's it, the, the the damage is, is been done. And, and socially and, and, and so forth. And, of course, we do our best to counteract it. But nobody really, as far as I know, has addressed the idea that there's going to be another eruption somewhere of something we just don't know about. I mean, we're not even ready. I mean, we have no idea. If that were be, if it were the case that it was a bat in, in the, the uh, wet market, right? But generally speaking, this was the idea that was, that was uh, proffered as it were, but back to this article, it says, but a faction of investigators has insistently maintained that the virus spilled out from a laboratory such as the Wuhan Institute of Virology, perhaps as the result of an accident, while their argument was at first dismissed as conspiratorial and xenophobic. It gained currency throughout 2021 and 2022, especially as genetic data seemed to point circumstantially, it says, but pervasively to evidence of human engineering. Today, the scientific community generally remains behind the uh, zoonotic hypothesis. That is, according to the article, the virus jumped from animals to humans at the wildlife market or at some other point of contact between species. Yet evidence for the lab leak narrative is only building. On Saturday, the Wall Street Journal revealed that the Federal Department of Energy, whose ranks include highly trained biologists, has revised its estimate to reflect growing, if still tenuous, confidence that the virus emerged from the Chinese laboratory. Other agencies disagree with that assessment. The development seemed only to underscore how contentious the question of how, how the pandemic began remains. 
So, hmm, wait a second. Yet evidence for the lab leak narrative is only building. Hmm, I say it again. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very interested to see where this is going to lead in terms of, of the realizations and the kinds of things that maybe can't be swept under the rug quite as easily anymore. Um, you know, now, it, there's so many facets, right, to the COVID-19 issue including vaccination, including the masking, uh, including, uh, you know, all the different things that happened as a result of, of this leak. And as I've said many times since, since the beginning of this, there was either a mistake at the Wuhan lab that somehow and sloppy or it was not protocol, a failure of some sort. Uh, this is all very um, uh, uh, precise kinds of uh, kinds of things that have to be done for containment, for example. Um, so something. So it's either a problem that that happened. There was a there was a um, a breach um, that was un, that was not intended, or there was a a uh, deliberate release of the virus to what end to test how how quickly it would go around the world uh, to test what what will the world do when there is a uh, an, an honest god pandemic happening you know uh, in other words how did it get out but how it got out is um, it's it, 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 it is what it is it's how it was been how it's been dealt with too that is also prime and um, so, but as this evidence builds, it's going to be very interesting to see if they're going to be able to try to make us think it's something else. Okay, quick break, folks. When we come back, we got a lot more to tell you about Joe Biden and much more. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. A short time out, then back with more. So stay right there. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. Stay tuned for the Edwards Notebook right here on the Kyle Warren Show. The United States government continued to overspend U.S. dollars, thus causing a rapid decline in the worth of America's fiat greenbacks. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Because of America's wasteful economic policies, Saudi Arabia is ready to consider other currencies besides the dollar for trade. Saudi Arabia's currency has been pegged to the U.S. dollar since 1986. The link was forged after the OPEC oil embargo against the U.S. in the early 1970s. The Saudis invested their oil profits with the U.S. Treasury, and they priced their oil in U.S. dollars on the international market. That created a mighty petrodollar that greatly benefited both the U.S. and Saudi Arabian economies. Decoupling from the United States dollar would be a huge change for both nations and for the global oil market. But the Biden regime is embarking on a mission to destabilize the United States dollar, our military, and even the Middle East. As a result, Saudi Arabian Finance Minister Mohammed al-Jadan stated his government will consider alternatives to the U.S. dollar for international trade. I strongly believe if Trump or someone like him were in office, this would not be a serious consideration. Mm. Unfortunately, the Saudis see the United States as a sinking ship they want to protect their interest from. I'm Ron Edwards. Bye now. You're listening to Kyle Warren.
right, welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back as uh, we continue racing through and rocketing through this Monday edition of the program. Glad to be back with you. And don't forget, go to KyleWarrenShow.com. That's KyleWarrenShow.com. There you can send me a message, and you can also check me out on social media. And, of course, subscribe to the podcast. We really do appreciate it uh, when you uh, when you do that. Um, okay, so now, again, if, if I were to ask you how long... Do you think that we're going to be in Ukraine? Um, I wonder what the answers might be. I, I think a lot of people believe that, obviously, the shortest time is possible. And when I say in Ukraine, I mean giving them material support, financial support, this kind of thing um, that, uh, that has been escalating here. And obviously, uh, Russia. Uh, I I think I I think that Russia should never have been allowed to invade in the first place. Um, I I don't think, and I, this is all twenty twenty hindsight, of course. I I don't think Russia necessarily would have done that under President Trump for fear of of uh, some kind of uh, of action. Um, but it's not just Trump. I I think that you know we saw Russia move against Crimea back under uh, Obama, Obama and Biden, by the way. And I think they gauge very, very, uh, uh, very uh, uh, well at what kind of reaction they might expect. So I don't, in other words, I don't think they would have done it under President Bush, for example, or President Trump. Now, I understand that that's Monday morning quarterbacking or that's uh, looking at um, uh, the hindsight there. But generally speaking, Joe Biden has not projected the notion that he is a very strong, decisive leader. This is why I think as well, China is sizing up Biden um, and it's not going to be pretty, I'm afraid. Uh, and I say that with with um, not trying to to create a, an issue or, or to create a problem, because I do think that politics needs to stop at the shore's edge, the seashore, um, because you do have Beijing and you do have Moscow sizing up what will the Americans and uh, the European allies really do, for example, if China moves against Taiwan to enforce its, quote, one China policy. It's coming. It's it's not going to be, well, they probably won't ever do that. I, I think what it is, it's that they will do that, and they will do that when they feel that they're able to. And just parenthetically, I think that the Biden administration itself is a time clock ticking, because there's going to be an election, and we don't know exactly what that outcome is yet. I mean, everybody has hopes. Well, Biden, if, if even if Biden runs, and oh, Jill Biden, Doctor Jill, she said, "Oh, uh, he's got, he's getting ready to run. He's almost ready to tell you about running." And you know, that to me is like they continue to to kick this can down the road, don't they? They continue to kick the can down the road to make us think that, um, okay, it's it's all it's all good, it's all coming, but there's there's more um, there's more problems in the Democrat Party than I think that we're really aware of um, of who they want to be the standard bearer and who they want to have run for president. I think a lot of the Democrat Party elite, and I say that as sort of a catch-all phrase for you know basically those uh, the the notion of uh, of those who might uh, have uh, uh, you know grand political power and and this kind of thing. 
I don't think they want Joe Biden to run. I, I think they've gotten the mileage out of Joe Biden that they think they're ever going to get. Um, he continues to to falter. Um, and I don't say that with any joy or anything like that, because we're looking at an elderly person who's obviously having a lot of problems. And I've said this many times. If that was your grandfather, uh, you'd feel terrible. You'd be, no, no, grandpa, you don't need to do that. We're going to, you know, you don't need to, uh, you know, we're, we're going to find a way for you to to not have to be uh, under under this level of, of pressure and this kind of thing. Um, and and, and in, in other words, you would be compassionate to that person. Uh, but the, up to this point, the Democrat Party elite have been running Joe Biden, and um, I think that they've they've kind of given up on him at this point. So I do think they want somebody younger. I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole on that, but I do think they want somebody younger, and I do think that person is more than likely Gavin Newsom uh, from California. But again, we're so far early on, it remains to be seen. Let's listen in here to um, a um, an, an interview with ABC News. Uh, with David Muir, uh, with Joe Biden, talking about Ukraine. So this will set it up, and then we'll go from there. Let's let's listen in. You announced another 2.5 billion in aid to Ukraine today. 113 billion now. We know the vast majority of Americans support Ukraine, but there are now many who are asking, "How long can we spend like this?" Well, first of all, I'm not sure how many are asking. I know the mega crowd is. The the right wing Republicans are, you know, okay, talking stop, about we can't do stop this. Stop right there. Okay. I know the MAGA crowd is. Oh, no, nobody's really even asking this question. It's just it's the MAGA crowd. <laughs> oh, it's it's entertaining, I guess. I guess you could say that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> all right, let's let's continue. Here we go. We find ourselves in a situation where the cost of doing of walking away could be considerably higher than the cost of helping Ukraine maintain its independence. We know the Germans are now sending tanks in after the U.S. said it would send Abrams tanks as well. But we know President Zelensky continues to say what he really needs are F-16s. Will you send F-16s? Look, we're sending him what our seasoned military thinks he needs now. He needs tanks, he needs artillery, he needs air defense, including another HIMARS. There's things he needs now that we're sending him to put him in a position to be able to make gains this spring and this summer going into the fall. You don't think he needs F-16s now? No, he doesn't need F-16s now. Is that a never? Look, first of all, the idea that we know exactly what's going to be needed a year, two, three now, but there is no basis upon which... There is a rationale, according to our military now, to provide F-16s. Okay, okay, stop, stop right there. So there's a lot going on there right now. Uh, well, you know, uh, we, our seasoned military people, uh, we're, we're sending him what they think he needs right now. He needs tanks, he needs artillery, he needs air defense. Well, F- F-16s, that's, to, to me, right, and I'm not a military expert, but to me, F-16s, just in the in the general sense, I'm not advocating sending them uh, necessarily. I'm just saying, it seems to me that if you're, you're trying to you're trying to 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 end this war, from my point of view, I I think the war needs to end. 
And I don't think that Putin should be allowed to win. I agree with Tony Blair on that. Um, I don't think that Russia should be able to invade another country in this regard. Um, but I do think we need to find a way to end the war. I don't know that China, in its its uh, amazing uh, uh, peace over towards, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll negotiate this. I said this the other night on the Captain's America, and I'll say it here. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure about having China try to negotiate the peace uh, in Ukraine uh, because number one, they, they we got to you got to drop all the uh, sanctions for Russia. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of like this. It's kind of like having uh, the Legion of Doom uh, negotiate between Lex Luthor and Superman. Uh, to me, I mean this this is a no bringer. No, this is not a good idea. Um, but that being said, and all kidding aside, um, to end this war should be priority number one. Now I'll say this, and. I'm a little bit joking and a little bit serious when I say this, but when when Russia invaded Ukraine and and what did what did Joe Biden tell us about the economy at that time? We were getting the Putin price hike. It's the Putin price hike, right? And every time we turn around, it's the Putin price hike. And why why are we having inflation? It's a very simple answer. It's it's the Putin price hike. Well, my friends. It seems to me that an ongoing war in Ukraine, I'm not saying this is the only reason, I'm just throwing this out there in the sense of how it looks and and uh, sort of the absurdity of, of a lot of this. The ongoing war in Ukraine, you know, if, if the let, let's just say the Ukraine war turned off tomorrow and there wasn't any more Putin price hike, Joe Biden would not be able to say, it's the Putin. Don't blame me. Don't look at me. I, 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 and then he tried the other thing. Inflation was already high when we got here. <laughs> you know. Oh my goodness. It goes on and on, doesn't it? But in other words, what we want to see is the American president trying to end this war using every single thing possible to do it. And um, and that may be F-16s. It may be other uh, maneuvers. And something I mentioned earlier this morning was this idea that at some point, because we had a, um, uh, we had a headline that uh, John Bolton says, well, you, you got to threaten Putin's life personally if he threatens nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons. He, you know, you got to send that message. Well, I think that would be escalatory uh, in and of itself. Um, it, it, would, it would definitely uh, create a, a different sort of expansion to our involvement. Um, but I do think the United States could say this. Hey, look, if Putin wasn't there and Russia wants to turn off this war, we will help you in terms of getting back in the international community. We will help you with this kind of stuff. Uh, but Putin has to be gone. Uh, get the hint, everybody uh, in the Kremlin, that kind of thing. Okay, quick break. When we come back, something from Whoopi Goldberg. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh. Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. 
Hey, John, I just heard you got a new computer. Congratulations. Thanks. It's the coolest thing. What will you do with your old computer? I don't know. I guess I'll just throw it away. Well, my company just bought new computers, and we decided to donate the old PCs to a place that gives them to local schools. You could do something like that. Seriously, who would want a three-year-old computer? Hey, it might be great for someone else. Computers can be refurbished and reused instead of ending up in the trash. By passing it on, you can help the community and the environment. If you're replacing your company's IT equipment or you're finished using your personal computer, pass it on to a local organization that accepts computers. To learn more, log on to epa.gov slash pass it on. This message was brought to you by EPA, Dell, Intel, HP, NEC, Philips, and this radio station. On behalf of EPA's Plug Into E-Cycling Partnership, EPA does not endorse any commercial services or products of these groups. For information on all partners, log on to epa.gov slash plug in. In sports, five games were featured in Hockey Action last year. Every year, millions of people rely on portable generators when they lose access to electricity. But some of them don't understand that a portable generator's carbon monoxide emissions can kill if their generators are used indoors. So we're here to clear the air. Always take your generator outside, away from windows and doors. When you take it outside, you distance yourself from the dangers of carbon monoxide. For more safety tips, visit TakeYourGeneratorOutside.com. Have you saved a life today? We organize a blood drive at our school. My blood type is O. They really need that. Have you saved a life today? I have cancer, but I make sure all my friends know how important it is to give blood. My blood helps heart patients or accident victims. Have you saved a life today? No, but today, someone's blood saved my son. The American Red Cross. Call 1-800-GIVE-LIFE. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. I'd like to hear from you about the things we're talking about on the program. Go to KyleWarrenShow.com, click on Send Kyle a Message, or send it to my Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Kyle Warren Show. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Welcome back. We continue to race through, rocket through the Monday edition of the program. And uh, once again, glad to be with you. Don't forget, go to KyleWarrenShow.com. That's KyleWarrenShow.com. There you can uh, subscribe to the podcast. And thanks once again for telling your friends about the show. We really appreciate that uh, as well and uh, for uh, helping us to expand. And and again, welcome to everybody finding this program uh, from my appearances on the Captain's America Third Watch. Uh, Okay, Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Okay, Uh, we mentioned about the economy. Uh, This from the New York Post. Home prices set for double-digit plunge in many Western U.S. cities. This according to Goldman Sachs. Four cities that experienced housing booms during the COVID-19 pandemic are set for major declines in home prices by the end of next year, according to Goldman Sachs and analysts. The pandemic boom towns of Austin, Seattle, Phoenix, and San Francisco will all experience double-digit price declines as an increase in available homes surpasses demands. Uh, the bank's 
analyst said in a note to client uh, to clients last Thursday obtained by Insider. Uh, the largest decrease in home prices will occur in Austin, where values are pro- are projected to slump 19 percent by late 2024 compared to late 2022. According to the note, prices are expected to sink in Phoenix by 16 percent, San Francisco by 15 and Seattle by 12. Rather than being indicative of things to come across the country, we view it as we view the nascent oversupply in Pacific Coast and Southwest markets as reflecting local challenges, particularly very poor levels of affordability, pandemic-related distortions, and in certain markets, a high concentration of employment in the technology industry. The Goldman Sachs analyst said in a note, according to Insider, and of course, as you know, uh, we've seen lots and lots of layoffs in the tech sector, including Microsoft and Google. That's going to have uh, that's going to have an effect. Now it's interesting that they're talking about the idea that in these particular locales, this is where we're going to see uh, the uh, this uh, this major sort of sort of plunge. But unfortunately, because of inflation, uh, because of the uh, the general trajectory, I think that uh, that the economy may be taking here, um, we we might see something similar like this um, in, in other markets as people get more more skittish um, and of course interest rates going high as they are and we expect from what we can tell from the minutes of some of the most recent uh, fed uh, meeting uh, it looks like they're still on in line to do this and i think a lot of uh, uh, the predictions uh, include at least another couple of rate hikes um, here in the offing in the near future now of course they're trying to bring in the pain they got to bring in the pain and I just, again, I don't think we need the pain. I don't think we have to have pain. Uh, I think we need to have a robust economy that's organic. And when that happens, we're going to reduce inflation naturally. Inflation wasn't high when Joe Biden got there. Um, under Trump, it was fairly non-existent, right? That was a word we didn't even really think about. It wasn't, a, it wasn't an issue. But now it is one of the prime issues, and that, and because people already, they've they've gone through their savings, they've gone through their uh, whatever COVID nineteen checks or whatever they might have gotten, they're running up their credit card debt, and if their house starts losing value, then they've got a problem of trying to obtain funds by doing an equity loan or this this kind of thing, or because they get laid off, because there's been reductions in other parts of these different sectors, now now they can't pay the mortgage. It it goes on and on and on, right? And how do you fix all this? Well, you got to bring back opportunity. You got to bring back the ability for the economy to uh, to to thrive. Raising interest rates doesn't help your economy to thrive. Uh, this is goes on and on. Okay, uh, let's listen in here real quick because earlier yesterday I saw that in addition to the to the uh, to the Roald Dahl books, they're now going to start editing the copies of the James Bond novels from Ian Fleming to take out any offensive kinds of material and so forth. Well, listen to this. This is actually from The View. We don't usually have a lot of quotes from The View on this show, but listen to Whoopi Goldberg and what she says about this notion. I thought it was very, very compelling. Let's listen in. To mark the 70th anniversary of the first James Bond novel, Casino Royale, the entire catalog of author Ian Fleming's Bond books are being reissued, but also re-edited to remove any racist content. Now this, com- mm-hmm. 
This comes on the heels of re-editing author Roald Dahl's books to remove content deemed offensive to modern audiences. Look, y'all gotta stop this, okay? Just put a disclaimer on it that says, listen, this book was written at this time, you know? Or put out the original and what y'all have done because kids should have the right to read how people thought yeah. so that they know how to make the change. But, you know, they tried to do this with, with Mark Twain as well because they were so concerned that the N-word was in the book. Well, that's how they did it. That's what it was. We don't want people doing it today and you don't see it as much. That's how people learn. Yeah. But maybe I'm crazy because, you know, I don't know about education anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's Whoopi Goldberg. And I got to tell you, you know, um, for a very long time, I've always been a, a generally a fan of Whoopi Goldberg. I remember when she was first starting out. I remember she, I think she was on an HBO this is way back in the day, right? She, had, she was on one of these HBO comedy specials. And I remember seeing her uh, doing like a stand-up thing, and I, I thought she was incredibly funny. And I thought she was also very compelling uh, because she had some dramatic aspects to her, com to her comedy as well. And, of course, Whoopi Goldberg is a huge star. Now, she has some pretty liberal thoughts. There's no doubt about that. I don't, I don't think we'd agree on, on, on a whole lot of stuff politically. But I, I, I want to give credit where credit is due, because this is one of the issues that goes on in our society these days. If Donald Trump said something that MSNBC, just for lack of a better term, the liberals, the liberal hosts at MSNBC could agree with, they, they would never, I don't think they could bring themselves to agree with it. Why? Because, well, you can't, you can't build up Donald Trump. He, Donald Trump said, you know, thus and such, and, and that's something I would agree with. And, and I, it's just in, our, in, our, in, in this whole space these days, you, you can't agree with anything anybody says if they're on the left and you're on the right or you're on the right and they're, or they're, you're on the left and they're on the right. And it's really kind of sad because it, it, it keeps us from finding that common ground. And when I saw this earlier today, of what Whoopi Goldberg had said, what she's saying is absolutely correct. It's 100% right. You should be able to see the 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 what what was created in terms of a, a, a novel or art or a movie or stuff like that um, that uh, that may contain something that might be offensive, because otherwise we we don't learn. We, we don't we don't have a perspective. We can't sterilize everything. Now, personally, I don't want to say things that offend people. I don't want to uh, to just uh, uh, for for no good reason whatsoever uh, uh, spew some kind of thing that's going to be hurtful or hateful. That's that's not in my character. I don't want to do that. Um, but I do know that in terms of representing, and, and what has the entertainment industry told us for, for time in memoriam? We're just holding up a mirror to society. You know, we're, we're not, it's not us, right? And now you don't, you don't have to go see that movie that has all that stuff in it, whatever it might be, whatever, whatever it is you don't want to see, right? You don't have to pay to go to that movie. You don't have to watch that show. You don't have to listen to that radio program. Uh, that's always been, from when I was a kid, this was the idea. Well, turn the channel. Turn the knob. If you don't like it, turn the knob. And, and I get it. 
Um, but now when you go back and you want to start sort of 1984-ing this whole stuff, uh, the, this whole thing of creating a recreated, well, no, the, you know, oh, no, we've, we've always been at war with East Asia. No, no, we, we weren't at war with the, uh, with the other place. We're, we've always been at war with East Asia. In, in other words, you go back and you have to change it all around or you change the book or you change something else. And what Whoopi Goldberg was saying, I think, was right on target. And that is, you got to stop this stuff. And uh, we do learn. We we learn how people thought. We learned how society was, and we learn how to to go in the right moral direction. That's always been my great love of this country is that it has the capacity to go in the right moral direction. And one of the great expressions of that was the civil rights movement in the 1960s with Dr. King. And uh, so would to God that we'd be able to continue to move the right direction and understand uh, how to uh, how to uh, to recognize uh, when things are racist or offensive and be able uh, to move forward. So thanks to Whoopi Goldberg on this. I'm going to give her some kudos on that. Let me know what you think. Go to KyleWarrenShow.com and we'll see you next time right here. We'll see you on the radio this morning. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Take care out there.